Downstairs, Mum and Dad were fighting again, the sound of their argument drifting up through the floorboards, insidious as smoke. It's more of a problem every day, Dad said. Mum's voice was quieter. They're not a problem. They're our children. One of them is, he replied. A pot clattered loudly on the table. The other one's dangerous. Poison. We just don't know which one. Zack hated to let me see him cry, but the dregs of the candle threw out enough light for me to see the slight shuddering of his back under the blanket. I slipped out from under my quilt. The floorboards creaked slightly as I took the two steps to the edge of Zack's bed. He doesn't mean it, I whispered, putting a hand on his back. He doesn't mean to hurt you when he says things like that. He sat up, shrugging off my hand. I was surprised to see he didn't even try to wipe away the tears. I'm not hurt by him, he said. What he says, it's all true. You want to pat me on the back, comfort me, act like you're the caring one. It's not them hurting me, not even the other kids, the ones who throw stones. See all of this? The sweep of his hand took in the sounds from the kitchen below, as well as his own tear-streaked face. It's all your fault. You're the problem, Cass, not them. You're the reason we're stuck in this limbo. I was suddenly aware of the cold boards underfoot, and the night air on my bare arms. You want to show you really care about me, he said. Then tell them the truth. You could end it right away. Do you really want me sent away? It's me. I'm not some strange creature. Forget what the council says about contamination. It's just me. You know me. You keep saying that. Why should I think I know you? You've never been honest with me. You've never told me the truth. You made me figure it out for myself. I couldn't tell you, I said. Even admitting as much to him alone in our room was risky. Because you didn't trust me. You want to make out that we're so close, but you're the one who's lied this whole time. You never trusted me enough to tell me the truth. All these years, you left me to wonder, to fear that it might be me who was the freak, and now you think I should trust you. I retreated to my bed. He was still staring at me. Could things ever have been different if I trusted him with the truth? Could we have found a way to share the secret? to make our way together? Had he caught his distrust from me? Maybe that was the poison I'd been carrying. Not the contamination of the blast that all Amigas bore, but the secret. A tear had settled on the top of his upper lip. It glinted gold in the candlelight. I didn't want him to see the matching tear on my face. I reached out to the table and snuffed the flame. It's got to end, he whispered into the darkness. It was half a plea, half a threat. His impatience to expose me grew with our father's illness. Dad fell sick when we'd just turned thirteen. As with the previous year, there was no mention of our birthday. Our age had become an increasingly shameful reminder of our unsplit state. That night, Zack had whispered across the bedroom, you know what day it was today? Of course, I said. 
happy birthday, he said. It was only a whisper, so it was hard to tell whether he was being sarcastic. Two days later, Dad collapsed. Dad, who had always seemed as robust and solid as the huge oak cross beam that ran the length of the kitchen ceiling, he hauled buckets of water up the well faster than anyone else in the village, and when Zack and I were smaller, he could carry us both at once. He still could, I thought, except that he rarely touched us now. Then, in the middle of the paddock on a hot day, he stumbled to his knees. From where I sat, shelling peas on the stone wall at the front of our yard, I heard the shouts of the others working near him in the field. That night, after the neighbours had carried him back to the cottage, our mother sent for Dad's twin, Alice, from the Amiga settlement up on the plain.